I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi everybody and welcome to the latest edition of the World Football Index podcast. Joining me tonight in the pod are two gentlemen from Norway and again we're going to talk a little bit much the same as, as the last time uh, about the, the Euro qualifications and, and what it's meant for, for Scandinavian teams and and basically all the teams that have qualified so far. So with that in mind I'll introduce the panel to you. First up we have Martin Hansen in Norway. Martin how are you? You're very welcome on, on World Football Index. Thanks Dave. I'm Feeling pretty good. Managed to get home from work just in time for this. Uh, and the hangover from the birthday, all cured? <laughs> yes. It was a rough last day at seminar with work. Uh, it's only your birthday one day a year. We'll, we'll allow you that one. And, and also on the panel this evening, we have Joseph Gamia, also from Norway. You're very welcome on WFI, Joseph. Thank you, Dave. It's nice to be on. All good with you? Everything's well. University is stressful, but other than that, great. Ah, well, I don't have, don't have such stresses in my life, thankfully. <laughs> but listen, we'll get straight, we'll get straight on into it. Well, doing podcasts could be stressful enough, uh, without that kind of stuff. As I say, we'll get straight on into it. And, uh, I'll come to Martin first. And, and, and do you want to talk us through what happened with Norway there in, in the qualification groups? You're now in, in, into playoff territory. And, and, and what do you see? What, what, what has it meant to, to the people in Norway? Because we haven't seen you in a while. We haven't seen you in a major tournament in 15 years. You, you know, what, what do you reckon the chances of making making it through to the tournament? And what has been the atmosphere there in Norway? Well, it started fairly grim with a 2-0 loss to Italy and then quickly followed by a big loss to Croatia early in the qualifying campaign with uh, some results against the minor nations in the group where we picked up some lucky results at times. Towards the end, we were looking solid, and we beat Croatia at home. And we were 1-0 up against Italy in the last game for 75 minutes, and then a defensive fuck-up that only Lovren could conjure puts us out. But confidence is pretty high in the media for getting through the qualifying, as long as we avoid Bosnia, I think. 
Yeah, yeah. And Joseph, for you, what have you made of it all, you know, in regards to the playoffs and so on? You know, because it has been quite a while since we've seen you at a major tournament. Is, is the country a little bit more excited about, about the prospect of getting back in again to, to a major international tournament? Definitely, definitely. It's As Martin mentioned, uh, it wasn't a lot of hope in the beginning because we did start quite shaky and we went on a bit of a losing streak. But as the team got more familiar with the new coach and his ideas, we slowly started picking up pace and we started churning out a few really good results. And up to like the last two or three games where we started winning and we started seeing Croatia slip up, you'd see the stadiums fill up and everyone would be talking about it and analyzing the all, analyzing the team and the potential best players for each position. And you really started getting this... Um, confidence in Norway actually managing for, for once to qualify to a major tournament and we were all watching the game and it was such a heartbreak well because we ended up leading against Italy away and then two quite silly defensive mistakes ended up costing us a lot but it wasn't only that we were quite lucky and during a lot of the game our keeper held our, our keeper held us in it but all in all, I, I think we're quietly confident that we'll manage to qualify in the end. I mean, the, the the teams we might end up meeting aren't the the big caliber teams that we'd normally end up fa- facing um, previously. But well, I, I think and I hope we'll manage. No, that's cool. Listen, I have a question for for you both, really. And, and you know, my memories of, of Norwegian football, basically... My first memory of Norwegian football was the Maggie Thatcher rant from your commentator guy whenever you beat England. And, oh. and, and it still stays. That's from the 80s. I'm sure you, you both remember it because it's, it's so famous. And, and and that to me was like, this, it put Norway on the map. And, and Norway sort of grew as a nation, a football nation after that more and more. But, you know, as I say, in the last 15 years, you seem to have peaked and, and, and it just seems to have all gone downhill for you. There's still, you know, the odd good Norwegian player about. It's, it's just, you know, what has happened in those 15 years from, from, from the time that you were serial qualifiers for tournaments and, the, and, and it suddenly stopped? Martin, what do you feel ha- has happened with Norwegian football? Is it, is it the way the game has moved in the last 15 years? With, with you know, I, I always harp on about being money-driven. Do you feel that that's maybe part of it? No, not so much, but... Uh... Part of the problem was uh, a very a large drop off in players we had playing internationally in foreign leagues, bigger leagues like Rise, for example, and Karu were about for a while almost the only two players we had abroad for a long period. While the period you are talking about when Norway did qualify for a lot of tournaments, we had our national goalkeeper was the keeper for Spurs. We had a striker who's played who played for Rangers and Chelsea, and there were several other players playing abroad. Hegem for Liverpool, a couple of players for United and Blackburn. So there was a period where there was a lot of talent, and they were all playing in foreign leagues against better opposition, and as such that made the core of the team that much stronger. And then now in recent years, we've finally seen the talent pool get better again with more people playing abroad. No, that's cool. And Joseph, for you, have you, have you anything, maybe maybe another angle on that uh, as to as to where it went wrong for you in the, in the last 15 years? No, I mean, I I think Martin is quite correct. It, it coincidentally, or our form coincidentally went down as 
fewer Norwegians started playing outside our own league. And you, you sort of saw an influx of influx into the Bundesliga and the pre- English Premier League uh, where you saw, saw all the types of foreign players such as uh, Southern Americans, Spanish, and, and so on. And so for such a long time, we ended up having only uh, our, our national team consisting of players from our domestic league. Uh, and now we're seeing more and more people going out to bigger leagues, and you're all—I'm sure—you're all hearing about our super talent being picked up by Real Madrid. And all, there are always each year we have another young player that we're all looking forward to seeing and getting their chances while they're still young. Th- that's very encouraging. And I, I think the reason to that, I think, if we can go into another uh, another point on our agenda, is you can also look at how other smaller countries are now getting through more players, making them playing abroad. You're seeing teams becoming more, um, what's the word, diverse. You have a lot of different nationalities and a lot of different good players. And that's partially due to different types of coaching, more modern coaching, and so on. But either way, we're reaping the benefits of something that's done over a course of a long time. No, absolutely, and and you know, you're, you're, the, the the Scandinavian nations have all sort of had a very good showing, let's say, in in these qualification stages. You know, we have Denmark, we've Sweden, we've Norway, Iceland have have qualified on their own merit. You know, they're actually in the tournament proper. What what, did, what do you think has been a catalyst? Has been something that's happened or, or in Scandinavian football recently? A bit of a resurgence has come along, Joseph, or or, or what do you feel? And that's a good question. Uh, I personally love the example of Iceland because Iceland is, has a population of, I think, around 400,000 people and still they're managing to qualify to big cups on a regular basis. Well, no, this was their first one. Is Ever. it? Ever. Ever? Oh, okay, sorry. But, but they, they've, I, I been suppose... in a, they've been in a couple of uh, playoffs okay. uh, in the last uh, 10 years. I suppose it's better to say they've regularly churned out good players, so which makes this even more remarkable. But then again, the way you look at it, when you have um, Denmark and Sweden, they've usually managed lately to qualify to uh, bigger tournaments. And now it's nice to see Norway in the bunch as well, because we've, as we've mentioned, not been that great. But in terms of resurgence, I think it's more going away from the sort of old long ball type of football that Norway did use a lot and pioneer under the time of uh, Egil Olsen and going into the more modern ball playing football and of course developing players in such a way with those types of principles. Uh, and any other comments, Martin? Do you agree? Yeah. And uh, well, for example, Denmark has the advantage of being very close to Germany and Holland and they've traditionally had a lot of players moving to those leagues early so that they get the advantage of playing in better leagues, gaining more experience. And Sweden barely missed out on the World Cup qualification in Brazil due to meeting Portugal in the playoffs. So, uh, No, uh... It, Martin, it, it, it's you know I'm thinking along the lines of you know this this tournament was expanded you, you know to allow 
you know, my, myself, my own country, Northern Ireland, have qualified. We did the podcast on it, which which is a minor miracle in itself. Uh, you know, along the lines, same lines as Iceland. You know, a very small population have managed to qualify in their own right. You know, UEFA expanded the tournament to allow the, the smaller nations to be more competitive. You know, with, with the expansion of Europe and, and how many countries we have compared to what it was in the 80s and 90s, you know, I think it's a good thing. And and, and it certainly for UEFA's point of view ha- has worked because, you know, when you look down the list of countries qualified and, and in playoffs, you know, you know there it it has served purpose and i'm just wondering for for you what you feel about that and and you know whether you think it was a good idea and whether you think this is this is the format that they should take going forward well i like the idea of it because it showcases more of europe and probably will gather give it some more attention and it also means that for example in 2012 when it was poland and ukraine who uh uh, hosted a tournament. Poland were the whipping boys in their group, despite being the host nation. And since then, they've taken huge strides, and they qualified in the same group as Germany, with some impressive results along the way. So I think they will probably be a lot better in this Euro campaign than they were in their last one, and then they were hosts and automatically qualified, because it's pushed smaller nations to sort of make more of an effort on their national teams because now there's actually a chance to qualify for these tournaments and gain exposure. No, absolutely. And Joseph, for you, you would you agree with what Martin says there or have you, have you, have you more data into it? I, I think Martin nailed it. it it's, it's much nicer. Obviously, every, everyone wants to see like the bigger countries, seeing Spain play Germany and England and so on. But it's it's nice seeing that everyone loves a good underdog and the, the the fairy tale story about the underdog team and so on and uh, now you're giving the opportunity to smaller teams to showcase their way of playing football and so on and that's that's really cool okay i want to move on to 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 the actual playoffs martin and uh, you know who would you fancy for norway to be drawn against in the, the playoffs is there any particular team you would want to you would fancy and is there anybody you would fancy avoiding my preference would probably uh, be hungary Possibly Republic or uh, Sweden. Would would you fancy a go against Sweden? You know, with being such close nations, would you not fear that one? Or uh, you know, it's, it's the way that we we normally think. You know, UK wise, you want to avoid the the, the, the countries closest to you. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, the main reason to avoid them would be that we have a tendency to fall flat on our faces in those games. Well, that's pretty fair. <laughs> that's a good enough reason. And Joseph, for you, looking at those teams, who who, who would you fancy? I agree. I, I love to fancy Hungary in terms of that's what we feel is the weakest team. Touch wood. But uh, Sweden would have been really cool. Uh, I would have loved to face Sweden j- just to beat them. And you'd always have this flaming war between all the big papers talking crap about each other. And that is hilarious. Just the whole commotion of... Uh, a good old-fashioned uh, rivalry between our two countries. Yeah, no, I hear you. You know, I, 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 you know, I get that from from the old. You know, back back in the UK, we used to have the old home internationals that were very, very competitive. You know, it was bragging rights and so on with countries very close. Uh, and I think for my money. You know, if I if I was Norwegian, it's the kind of draw you don't want for for a winner takes all knockout. You know, because yeah. you just know each other too well. I'd I'd much rather have them in the groups in the Euros. 
that would no, be without, without a doubt, in the group, you know, you can afford to take a draw, you can afford, but in a straight knockout, uh, you know, I would just imagine that the Norway and maybe the Sweden teams, you, you know, the cultures are very similar. It would be, to me, I mean, obviously I know very little about it, but just my, my opinion on it would be, it would be the draw you wouldn't want to be, would be Sweden. Yeah. Well, this is, uh, what's also interesting is this is the last time we will see this qualifying format for the European Championships. Because, uh, starting in 2018 after the next World Cup, we will have the European, uh, the UEFA Nations League. If you've, uh, heard about it. Well, I'm not up with that one no. at the moment. <laughs> if, if you know a bit about it, Martin, the floor is yours. Enlighten us, because I say I'm, I'm not, I'm not well up on this. Yeah, it's, uh, Nations League is uh, basically four leagues consisting of four groups where you'll be put into... uh, And then the A-League is uh, top nations. You're France, Spain, England, etc. That's uh, four groups, 12 teams. And then you'll have the same for the B-League and C-League and D-League. But the C and D league will have four teams in some of the groups or all of the groups. And then so you won't have England playing San Marino or Germany playing Gibraltar and stuffing them for 10 goals in the qualifying process anymore. But uh, And then obviously do, do, do the top seeds receive more qualification spaces than, than the lower seeds or is it going to be, is equilibrium going to, going to exist? Uh, well, is it an independent entity sort of thing? Uh, or, yeah, or, uh, yeah. I, I thought it was. Well, um... it'll first of all, there will be qualification and relegation between the leagues, so that if you're in the A league and go bottom of your group, you will swap places with the top team in a B group for the next qualifying process, uh, and then uh, the A league, the four four group winners will play a competition, but I'm not entirely certain what they play for. And then well, that, that seems that seems to complicate the process more than yeah. simplify it. Um, it you know, with, with with relegation and promotion, and you know, whilst it's a you know it's a novel idea, you, you just wonder in the course of, of a domestic season with this stuck in the middle of it, it seems it seems to complicate the process. Maybe I, I think the idea, if I'm correct was that they they want to get rid of the pointless friendlies in the middle of the season and yeah yeah okay and then no well i suppose that that's a that's a that's fair enough because you know you, you consider that from a club aspect or a domestic any domestic league the amount of injuries and so on that get picked up in meaningless games and you know maybe maybe the best players are, are being out for a month or two months because of these sort of meaningless games it, it makes sense at least if you're going out playing competitively it, it takes the sting out of it albeit not completely but it does make it more acceptable yeah basically the way it works is that uh, first of all it'll mean that the qualifying stage for the next European Championship won't begin immediately in September 2018 after the 2018 World Cup it'll start in March 2019 instead so that's the first so that the international breaks uh, the first couple of months after the World Cup will be the Nations League instead 
you know, I, I can see that I can see the benefit of it. You know, as I say, you know, we're the countries that we are from are basically now considered to be sort of lower nations in 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 football and rankings. And you know, for for me, watching Northern Ireland compete with the likes of Spain, compete with the likes of England, compete with the likes of Portugal, you know what I mean? It it it, it sort of the thought of that sort of numbs me a little bit because you know we're left with the San Marinos, we're left with the Liechtenstein's. And 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 it's just you know as fans we love our our countries playing big games we love you know certainly from a Northern Ireland perspective we love being the underdog we love upsetting the odds and it sort of takes some of the passion for me out, out of that you know to be in in similar ranked teams you know okay yes we can progress and and that and that's going to be the the the, the goal is obviously to progress up the groups as high as you can get. But it does take off the the one-off games. Yes, I appreciate it takes away the ten nils and so on. But it does take away the upsets and the and the big stories. Yeah. Well, uh, basically, what will happen is that the Nations League will be played in the fall winter of 2018 after the World Cup, and then the final four competition between the four best teams in the A League. And what happens is those four teams that win their divisions will be put in groups of five teams instead of six teams. So that they will have fewer matches leading up to the Euros, for example, uh, among other things. So that they can rest more players. And then each of the four leagues will have one spot in the Euro 2020 that they'll play for. But they haven't quite decided yet who gets to... uh, win those, or how they're going to rank the teams for that playoff to get the bonus place in the Euro 2020. Well, I'm going to have to research this because there's a whole podcast here on this. It's It, it sounds like very sort of innovative, I can nearly speak, in what they're, what they're planning to do. I'll be very curious to see how that works out. Joseph, before we move on, have you anything you want to add on what Martin was saying there? No, not really. I agree with your point, Dave, that it might be boring to be stuck in the D-League playing other teams that are perceived as the, the worst teams in Europe. But, but at the same time, you, you can see the potential of get, becoming better and doing what, what Belgium has done the last 10 years and what Germany did, which will be an interesting thing. But at the moment, I'm slightly positive to the idea to see a Nations League rather than pointless friendlies. No, anything to get rid of the pointless friendlies. It's it's going to get a tick. It's ticking the box for me. But as I say, I just I would just be wary. And you know, we we spoke about it earlier. Your Maggie Thatcher moment. You know that that rant and everything. It takes it takes it takes moment. And moments in football like that are what make sport. And and to take that away, it 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 sort of devalues for me. You'll still have that though, because this just condenses the qualifying process to the Euros so that instead of playing it out over two years you'll now play the qualifiers in a space of uh, March to November No, well, uh, uh, condensing that you know, again, it ticks a box it's it's definitely a very good idea but listen, I want to move away from that briefly and I just want to ask you, you know, both from a Norwegian and I'll come to Joseph on this one first you know, if you get through this uh, playoff what will it mean for Norway after the 15-year absence? What, as a country, you know, is the country needing this? Is it going to be a big thing for you? Yeah, yes. <laughs> I, it would be fantastic to finally get to, to a major tournament. 
I mean, I can barely remember the 2000s. I was only seven back then. But uh, there, lately, there, there's been this, or the, a few years ago, there was this sort of downturn into, into Norwegian football. Less and less people watching the games. And uh, there was an overall downturn in terms of the, the quality. And you see less and less team qualifying to the Champions League and the Europa, Europa League and so on. And now you, it's on the up, and we're finally seeing also in the Norwegian national team, as we're discussing, an upturn and reaping the benefits from what's being done there. And just getting more and more people into football as it used to be, and f- filling up the stadiums, and just having this general sense of positivity around Norwegian football is, is great. And, and just being able to be proud of something rather than oh no, are we playing another another match, we're going to lose, we're playing so boring, and, and finally it's interesting, and uh, we can look for, forward to something, and it would have been just, it would have been fantastic to be able to go and perhaps watch a game in France next year, if I'll be able to cheer Norway on. And Dave, on Martin, for you, like, you know, I, I, I totally agree, Joseph, because, you know, Northern Ireland was 30 years, it's 30 years since we qualified for the 86 World Cup in Mexico, so... You know, the joy that, that I feel, and, and you know, 15 years is, is quite a distance. And for you, it, as you say, you were too young to remember it. So this is your first real, you know, the first time you're going to have pride at, at your country going into a tournament as those teams walk out in the pitch. and what, There's no feeling like it in the world. Martin, for you, do, do you feel a sense of excitement growing in Norway? Are the people up for this? Yeah, oh, oh, definitely. And I'm fairly certain. Actually, there's no doubts in my mind. That if we qualify, all sports bar owners in this country are going to try tears of joy at the profits they will see. God, with the price of drink there, it's it's quite a profit. I've I've been lucky enough to visit Norway on three occasions. A beautiful country. You know, as I say, I can imagine imagine an international tournament being a great deal of fun to be in Norway if if Norway have qualified. Would that be the case? Uh, Most definitely. There, there will be celebrations, I think, and uh, huge proclamations in our equivalent of the Daily Fail with uh, we're going to win or something obscenely preposterous like that. Oh, you always have to dare to dream. You know, you, you just don't go there with, with, uh, with yeah, we're going to get beat. You, ha- you have to dare to dream. You know, you, you've got that, you know, when, when you get there. And, and to be honest with you, I, I really hope that you get through this. There are not very much the fear for you in those in those playoffs you know you, you can, you're going to hold your own you're going to have as good a chance as anybody at getting through uh, as I say it's just keeping the nerve how do you feel with with your national team as it stands at the moment Martin I'll stay with you first on this one how do you feel your team are, are equipped to cope with with the with the playoffs do you think that you know the, their heads will be right and they'll get through it I think so uh, but uh, I, I'd like to see the national team coach be a bit more expansive in his selection of players because there was a few omissions in the squad that I felt maybe could have done made a difference or that were on the bench that should have had more of a chance against Italy because when they were starting to get get desperate around the 60 minute mark we should have considered putting on players with more pace to try and hit them on the break so Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If we're not uh, so, if, if I think it's mostly down to the coach and players more so than the fans, because uh, I think most of us feel that we should be able to take the game to a lot of these nations. No, indeed. And, and for you, Joseph, is, is, is the same thing. You know, how, how would you feel that you're, you, you, you know, how do you feel about these uh, the, the, the playoff? And what do you fancy? Do you fancy getting through it? Um, I'm quietly optimistic about it. We had quite a long betting in period with our new manager. And now we're looking much better. And we have very decent players, but the, like the only area that really worries me is our attack. Martin roughly went into this, but back, I think when we last qualified, we had Tura Andreflu, Solskjaer, was it Karu and Stephanie Iversen? Was that correct, Martin? Yeah. Yes. Well, not no, a bad strike I, force, I, is it really? <laughs> I, I'm not sure if Karu was in there, but... Uh... but... But we had a lot of strikers that were quite used to scoring a lot of goals while... Well, they did a comparison in the Norwegian paper saying that, uh, well, when we had those four, they they scored to, uh, in total 91 goals, I believe, in one season. Well, and this year we had something like 10, 15 or 20. I can't, I can't remember, but it was significantly less. And our, our striker, Joshua, Joshua King, must be the single most overrated striker I have ever seen in my life. Just anyone would be better than him. He can't do anything. He can run back and forward. But he can't score. He, he uh, has four goals for the national team. He is which was was the most of horrible. all players in our squad. Our, our four forwards for these two last qualifying matches had a combined six goals between them. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it is horrible. Our defense has done really well. Credit... About 50 games. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, yeah. 
it's it's horrible. But so hopefully we'll man we'll manage to score another few. It's not like we have the luxury of having a slot on on top or um, the almighty Nicholas Bentner, but but we'll have, we'll have to manage. Uh, I, I, but I think I'm quietly optimistic that we'll manage in the end and hopefully qualify. Yeah, I, I just hope it was a injury who kept that kept out our two strikers uh, that uh, are currently playing who have the most goals for the national team. That they will be back for our playoff game. Tell me this, gents. Um, you, you know how how what can, I haven't seen any of Norway in recent times. I, I'm very limited as to what international football I get here in Brazil. It's mostly South American. You get the odd game from from the qualifiers. I was lucky enough to get the Northern Ireland last two games, but that was the only two that I got live. So I haven't seen Norway. What kind of a team are you at the moment? Are, you know, are you well put together? Are you well organised? Are you principally a counter-attacking side? What kind of football does he have in play in, Martin, at the moment? Uh, well, I'd say it's primarily a counter-attacking team, but uh, with, the possibil- with the possibility when the right players are fit and available to be a bit more expansive and uh, play more combination football, but not possession football as such. Because we have a lot of, especially among the younger players, they are quite clever in the way they play who can set up a lot of one-twos and triangles. But it's still hard to dominate the ball when you're playing against Italy. So, But if we'd had a couple more of those available, I think it could have gone a bit better. And for you, Joseph, is it pretty much the same thing? Or have you more to add on the squad? I just have to add that I Martin will have to correct me, but I believe we are the best set-piece team in Europe. Isn't that correct? I, I don't know that specific statistic. But uh, it wouldn't surprise me because a lot of our goals in the qualifying campaign came from set pieces. Yeah, so so that's us. We're a combination of uh, the old Stoke and the new Stoke, somewhere in between. Yeah, so so at, at the same time, you're, you've got you've obviously got the results to get you where you are. So you're happy. Listen, we'll move forward to actually the teams that, that, that are in there, and, and you know we'll, we'll, we'll cast a sort of hypothetical eye that, 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 that you know you're going to make it through this this playoff. When you arrive in this tournament, there's certainly plenty of beatable teams that are, are certainly on paper that, that you know in the past the Euros have always looked very strong groups. When you when you got to the final, it was always you know you got there and you were always faced against the big guns. You know, we have teams like my own Northern Ireland, Albania, Wales for the very first time in their history of qualifying for a tournament, Iceland for the very first time qualifying for a tournament, Turkey, who are, who are no great shakes uh, in the world of football. Uh, you know, those teams are there and, you know, the, the possibility exists for, 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 for a win or two whenever you get there. Would you, would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. And I think if we do qualify, I, I think the goal will be to either become a second in the group or try for the one of the best placed number threes to you know qualify for the last 16. No absolutely and, and Joseph for you you know hypothetically you've qualified do, do you fancy your chances to have a bit of a crack at the tournament? Well definitely I just love to go and see us have a crack at it but in the end I just would love to see us play against some of the big guns and see a good showing of ourselves. And uh, as Martin said, if it would happen, I think we'd be, uh, we'd manage to be, to go through as one of the best third rather than perhaps 
going uh, a second or first. I don't think we're seeded that well compared to other better teams. Of course, as there are, there are some uh, very beatable teams, but Norway is one of those beatable teams. Unfortunately, we're not that good yet. No, indeed, yeah. and 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 you. Know, I'm I'm sort of looking at it, you know, you've got France, Spain, Germany, England, Portugal, Belgium, Italy, Russia, you know, those are the teams that are obviously going to make up, uh, if you look at it, I suppose part one is, is Spain, Germany, England, Portugal, Belgium, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a, there's, there's not an awful lot to fear in there because they're not, you know, the England isn't the England of old, Germany are Germany, of course, Spain are, are sort of in a, in, in a redevelopment phase, you know, international football at the minute, strange things can happen. Joseph, would you agree with that? Yes, it is a very fascinating time to see uh, the, the development uh, of the bigger countries and the sort of lessening of the gap between the the alt, the, 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 tradi- the traditional big countries and the, the smaller ones. And you're seeing nations such as Wales doing really well, such as uh, Belgium and so on. So it's very interesting, and perhaps we'll end up seeing a surprise team getting through and doing extremely well. I, uh, I think the team to avoid for a lot of the big ones in the group stage will be Poland. Yes. Especially if Lewandowski is fit. I, I, I live in Poland. It's it's crazy over here. I, I love it each time Poland is playing, and you don't. Uh, I have to watch in a, on a. The, I have to watch the match on a crappy stream if I'm not at bar. And I'd always hear my my whole building shaking, and then I know, okay, someone scored here. And then it would usually be Lewandowski, uh, and everyone would shout his name in the street and so on. It's fantastic. Yeah, because in, in hypothetical terms, you could end up in a group there with with Italy, or sorry, Germany, Italy, Poland, and, and Wales could be, could be a group. Um, you, you know, that's the thing about it. It, 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 it. You can never say what's going to happen in the Euros. And I'll say when a, when a nation like Italy comes down into part two, it sort of tells you a little bit about you know the state of international football. Certainly, from my experience here last year in the World Cup, there was very very few teams who I would have said were were, were knockout fantastic teams at international level so would you agree with that martin or or do you think i'm a little over the top on that one no i think you're absolutely right and uh, obviously you've always had at least one group of death at the euros and we're gonna have another group of death this time and italy haven't except for parts of this qualifying campaign haven't in recent years been the force that they used to be this is shown in the World Cup in Brazil, where they got dumped out in the group stage along with England. No, I hear you on that. And, and you know, Italy traditionally were, were, you know, they're a part one team, in my opinion. You know, I'm, I'm nearly 50. And, and you know, for, for Italy to be in part two for me is unthinkable. But it just shows you the shake up and, and the movement of international football at the minute. And it shows it oh, for me. Oh, sorry, sorry, go ahead, Martin. Yeah. And obviously, you, you'll have these moments when. Some of these middling nations have a golden generation that Belgium do have now, with De Bruyne and Hazard, Courtois in goal, Vertonghen and Alderweireld. Uh, at Company. Yeah. Yeah, and so on. And of course, the mighty Christian Benteke. Uh, <laughs> who could forget? Uh, who could forget him? But uh, you know, I, I watched the World Cup here with great interest. You know, from from a purist point of view, it was it was very much an attacking World Cup. Uh, it was all about the attacking teams because the defences, apart from really apart from Germany, were were 
quite on the dodgy side. Joseph, you know, what, what, is, what do you think's happened in international football that, that we've seen the step down? Is it that the domestic game has risen up so much and so much emphasis now on, you know, domestic football or, or you know, Champions League football in Europe? Has, has it started to kill the, the, the international game, do you feel? Well, yes. I, I, I think you're, you're onto it there. I think there's been so much emphasis on playing expansive football, possession football, and so on, perhaps, that we've perhaps lost the, or part of the defensive game of what, what we were used to a long time ago with the, the great nations such as Italy and so on. But perhaps it's more the expectation of playing, like, entertaining football and so on that's led to this development in recent times of where we're seeing more goals scored and more goals conceded this is the same but i'd have to base my statement on something but we know that the the, the world cup in brazil was the most scored or the the, the world cup with the most goals scored and i, I have no doubt that we'll most likely see something quite similar in uh, euro 2016 in france yeah, there just seems to be a, a, a lack of, of good defenders, you know, across the world at the moment. And, you know, certainly even in South America here, you know, it, the defending in, in the, the, the Brazilian league here is atrocious. Absolutely atrocious. There's no, there's no one you would, that I've watched to go, oh, that boy can make it in Europe. Not one. Well, and go ahead, Martin. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say there's, uh, there, there's a, a whole lot of quality defenders around. It's like, there's one in Germany. One in France, one in Spain, one, in, <laughs> one from Brazil. So th- there's lots of good and a few great defenders, but nobody really has a concentration or generation of good defenders at the moment, uh, such as Italy in the 90s with uh, Baresi and... Maldini? Yeah. Uh, Buffon... Yeah, it cost a my God, the, the Italian cost a curry. You, you look back at, at what the Italians uh, have produced over the years in defenders, and it's actually absolutely frightening, absolutely frightening. But you know, international football now. You, you know, when I was a kid, it, it was a massive thing. You know, it was something to be very proud. It's it's sort of been devalued, and um, you know, I always harp on it. It's it's the Champions League, the money and whatnot, and. and the publicity and the marketing of the Champions League. International football has, has doesn't stand a chance against that. But what it does do, and, and I want to come to this because we are both from what, what are classed as, as, as smaller nations, Northern Ireland at the moment have a team that is a team. It's a unit and they play for each other. And in international football, if you have this, and I suppose this is what I was trying to get at with, with, with your Norway squad, you know, if you're organized, you're well put together, you stick to your task and you're playing for each other. In international football, that makes you a very, very difficult team to beat. And I feel that the smaller nations this time have qualified because of that. You know, some international managers have been cute enough to say, hey, hang on, if we get these guys, make make the best that we can out of the parts that we have. And some of them have been lucky enough to be able to make teams. You know, and, and they are going to give the bigger teams a problem. Joseph, for your money, where do you stand on that? I think you're quite spot on with that statement. I mean, you, you look at teams such as Albania and Wales and Iceland and so on, and you'd always see the, these crazy supporters that are always behind their team and they're seeing that uh, what they're attempting to do is something that they want to be behind and they're they're getting that joy back into uh, into being able to watch their team play well and uh, have a dig at the bigger teams uh, the the traditional great ones 
And that, that, that's what we're trying to do in Norway as well. And that is what we have been able to succeed in doing the, these last few uh, few matches. And everyone remembers just how crazy the whole nation went when we beat uh, Croatia at home 3-0. And we uh, everyone went nuts because now we're qualifying and blah, blah, blah. That's such a great feeling to have. And you immediately get this, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not, uh, euphoria, euphoria, not porphyria, something else. Uh, euphoria of finally being able to achieve something great with your team. And you've always been a great supporter of your own team. And you finally being able to back them when um, they're doing well. No, indeed. And Martin, have you, have you more to add on that? Well, yeah, obviously it's great. And uh, to be honest, my biggest dream in international football would be to see middling players from all over the Commonwealth change their nationality to Gibraltar and piss in Spain's coffee. <laughs> no, I can't see that one happening anytime soon. Great idea, uh, but, but I can't well, see you, it anytime soon. If you're a middling professional footballer in England, you're never going to play for... Well, under Roy Hudson you might, but... Under normal circumstances, you're never gonna get a call up. So why not change your nationality to a team like that? And you'll just have loads of fun with lots of people. You get to travel around, play decent sides, and every now and again, you're gonna beat some of them. Well, that's that's very true. You know, I, I look at Wales, and just, I'm just curious to, to to see your thought, both your thoughts on this. You know, when when I look at Wales, Wales are a very similar stature of country, to, say to, to to Northern Ireland, but the unique difference that they have is they have Gareth Bale, who is a player that does doesn't perform at club level. He can actually perform at international level, which is something in today's game that, that that is quite rare. Whenever you look at the likes of Lionel Messi, he's still Lionel Messi. Don't get me wrong when he plays for Argentina, but he's not the Lionel Messi that we see at Barcelona. Um, with Gareth Bale, we get exactly the same Gareth Bale in Wales. It makes them, you know, to be in pot four. I think if if I was looking at this draw, uh, and you know, if you're you're, you're Spain or you're Germany or England, the, the bigger nations, you're sort of going, well, we don't want Wales. Would you agree with that one? Uh, I'll come to Joseph. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, obviously, you don't, you don't want to face a team that has been doing really well. Um, Especially, especially Wales, who are uh, really doing well for the first time and qualifying uh, to to the to the Euros. Obviously, the the bigger teams that might not have performed up to their standards, for example, England, who, I mean, they they might have won ten out of thirteen or something like that, but they've been in a horrible group and they've not been impressive at all. And they 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 might look at Wales and think, oh. They're having a real good streak. Uh, I wouldn't want to face Bale on his best and so on. And, and, and the same with other teams, such as Belgium and so on. Perhaps Belgium shouldn't be classified as, as such, but maybe Martin can continue. I, I'm stuck on my word still. <laughs> go ahead. Go, yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> well, well, Wales is sort of in the same position as Belgium with having a, what you could consider a somewhat golden generation uh, of players coming through right now, which obviously helps a lot. But they're not quite as stacked in all positions on, on the pitch as Belgium is, for example, where they have Gareth Bale, but then it drops off to Hal Robson-Canoe in the championship, if you uh, get my drift. 
No, absolutely, I do. You, you know, and, and Joseph, you made a very good point there about England. I don't, I don't believe that England are a very are, are a poor footballing nation at all. I do think that they have a very poor manager at the moment, and it is for that reason I look at Northern so. Ireland. You know, I look at Northern Ireland in part four, and I look at part one, and I, and I go, who would I like? And it has to be England because I do feel that that you know, if if out of all those teams. The best chance that we have of of beating one of those teams w- would be England, and 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 I say it's no detriment on the on the players of England, but I just feel that the the, the manager and I have a bit of experience because he managed the club, my own club, so I don't I don't have any love for him at all. But I just feel that that especially in a, at the final stages of international tournaments, England fall apart, and and they would be the they would be the team I would want to have as as my number one seed. If if I could give you Norwegians your choice, who who would it be? Well, England is obviously a good shot because there's just something about, especially for Northern Ireland, the extreme pressure it would add. And uh, some of them would probably shit themselves at the thought of losing to uh, someone like Northern Ireland. Yeah, and and the possibility exists because, you know, we've beaten them many times. And and just at this moment in time, I'm not saying that Northern Ireland are, are, are... a bunch of honest pros. There's no superstars. There's no, there's there's no one of of great note there. You know, Kyle Lafferty, Stephen Davis, are are like the top players. So you know, but I still would fancy them to give a good showing against England. Uh, I'm, I'm probably a better showing than any of the the part one sides. Do you feel, Joseph, if Norway make it through, that they they will be in part three? I, I think we're in part four. Martin might know more accurately, but I I think we would be ranked in pot four or perhaps borderline pot three as I'm, I'm looking at the, well, uh, see, the, the score there's only there's only the two spaces in pot four that have been that, that are available and you know you, I think your ranking is a little bit higher as well so I my, my reading on it might be pot three Martin maybe you know yeah currently based on the teams around I think Norway would just about sneak into pot three well, that, that's a shame. That that ruins my Germany, Italy, Poland, Norway uh, dream dream group of the combination. Oh, you, you, but there's lots of other ones, Joseph. You come up with because <laughs> that now brings Wales in, into the equation in pop in pop four for you. You know, it, it, it throws up a completely different animal entirely. You know, you can you can uh, you can swap your Poland for 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 Wales, and it it, it, it changes a little bit. Yeah, uh, fair enough. That, that's a decent uh, group as well. I, I mean, I, I I love the the big groups of death. I think they're the ones where you are actually able to sort of show yourself as the the best team. Although we're more likely to get screwed over, I I think they're the most fun, and these those are the ones most enjoyable to watch. I mean, that, that's how it is always. You always tend to look towards the group of death in Champions League and in the World Cup and so on. And I'd love for Norway to be in one of them. It uh, would would have been hilarious if that. No, well, it's, it's great. Did. It's great for the neutral, also. You know what I mean? A good group of death keeps you know, especially in 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 the pool stages when sometimes they can get a little bit boring, especially if if they're weaker groups and it's very clear what what was going to happen in them. A group like this, you know, keeps the public attention, keeps the neutrals on board, and and a team like Norway, a team like Northern Ireland, the, the weaker teams, if if they end up in a group like that, can make a lot of friends during the course of of a tournament. As I say, Martin, what do you feel about that? Well, in my opinion, there's three international 
in tournaments that are worth the results. That's the World Cup, it's the European Championship, and it's the Copa America. And if if you're performing to a high level in those in either of those three tournaments, then obviously uh, you're going to be an attraction. And performing well doesn't necessarily have to be uh, winning it or getting close, but performing well compared to your expected ability. For uh, where in uh, South Africa, I think New Zealand drew or beat Italy in the group stages. And that's a spectacle that creates uh, a, a sort of... That's a draw. Or in Brazil when Australia almost beat uh, the Netherlands in the group stage with that ridiculous goal from... Uh, Tim Cahill. Yes. So. No, and, and, and for you, Joseph, the same, same thing, you know, do, do you expect to make a few friends along the way? Yeah, definitely. I mean... You... Would be great just to experience the whole thing, and uh, we'll make some friends and make some enemies. And but in the end, uh, if we end up there, we'll definitely look at it as a great experience. No, that's cool. Listen, gents, time has has marched on us on us as always. There's so much we could still cover. But listen, before before we close out, Martin, have you anything you want to give a plug to? Anything you're doing? Any any other pods that you're on at the moment? We're trying to put together another Norwegian AI pods, but. Uh... Considering we've been uh, drowned in uh, clop and uh, cloppiness for the past uh, 10 days, we're uh, postponing it a little bit just to get a few matches in so that there's a bit more to talk about that isn't how fantastic it is that we have Klopp as manager, even though it obviously is. Oh, I hear you. I'm, I'm in exactly the same position as I say. We're, we're, I'm waiting for my Northern Ireland pod just uh, on, until after that. Joseph, yourself, have you, have you anything that you want to plug? And not anything in particular. No, that's cool. Listen, I'll just say that WFI have had three pods recently here, and one on Brazil, one on the Northern Ireland qualification, and this one on on uh, on Norway and the Scandinavian countries on Euro 2016. <laughs> Give us a listen. There are three very good pods. And we'll have more coming on on the World Cups in the next few weeks. But basically, as I said, time, unfortunately, has run on on us. Don't forget, download the IIA app. It is free to download on iTunes. Loads of content in there. It doesn't matter what flavor your football is. You'll find something. There's movies, there's games, there's there's rugby, there's everything. I'm going to do a rugby pod here in a few minutes. So I'll say there, there's entertainment abound on, on the, the AI app. So get downloading. That's a wonderful piece of kit. Sadly, tonight we had no Armando Angulo, but he will be back thankfully alongside me for, for the next pod as i say he had work commitments tonight so in case you're wondering where he was he will definitely be back for the next one i'd just like to thank the panel again for taking the time and coming on and chatting with us it's been very insightful enlightening as well thank you very much guys for coming on anytime thanks for having us dave yeah it's been fun. a real pleasure Listen, thank you everybody for listening. As I say, we'll be back again next week with another edition from WFI. But from me, Dave Caron, thank you very much for listening and good night. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? 
Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.